Now, when Jesus called his disciples, he called some of them at different times. He called some of them, it seems like, more than twice. The different gospel writers give us some different stories of the ways that he called some of the different ones. We'll just tell you some of them. So, first, it, I'm pretty sure his first four disciples were Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Peter and Andrew were brothers. James and John were brothers. And they might have been cousins. Peter, Andrew, James, and John might have been cousins to each other. They had a fishing business together, along with their dads, um, on the Sea of Galilee. Now, they were also disciples of John the Baptist. So they were believers before. They grew up hearing the Old Testament and learning about the Messiah who was coming. And then John the Baptist came, like we heard about, and started preaching that the Messiah was coming. And they listened to him, and they went and learned from him. But they didn't, like, follow him around everywhere, it doesn't seem like. Now, when John baptized Jesus, he told some of his disciples, or all of his disciples, that Jesus was the Messiah. And he he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And some of his disciples went to go follow Jesus. We also know that Jesus called Philip. And Philip went and found Nathanael and told him, We've found the Messiah. And Nathanael was like, Who is it? And Philip was like, It's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael was like, Bro, the Messiah can't come from Nazareth. At least we think that's what he meant. He said, can anything good come from Nazareth? We think what he meant was, the Messiah's not supposed to come from there. He's supposed to come from Bethlehem. And Philip was like, come and see. I think he was saying like, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to your question. I know what you're talking about, but you come and check this guy out and you'll know what I mean. This guy is the Messiah. So the next day, Jesus came and saw Nathaniel and he said to him, Yesterday, when you were sitting under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael was astonished. He said, you are, the, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Because he knew that Jesus knew where he was when he hadn't been there. Jesus was showing his power. And Jesus said, you will see greater things than these. You will see heaven opened and the angels of God going up and down upon the son of man. That was a reference to a dream that Jacob had a long time before about a ladder from heaven to earth and the angels of God going up and down on it because Jesus is the ladder. He is the way from heaven to earth. He was saying to Nathaniel, you're going to come and follow me as my disciple and you're going to hear all my word and you're going to see all the things that I do and that's the ladder from heaven to earth. Jesus is. Well then, in Matthew and in Luke, I think in probably in Mark too, it tells us in particular about one of the times that Jesus called Peter, Andrew, James, and John to follow him. They were in the boat. So they'd already heard about Jesus before, probably from John, right? And at least one other time they had followed him around for a little bit. But on one occasion, they're in the boat, like after they've been out all night fishing. They've been out all night fishing and they haven't caught anything. And it's the morning and they're cleaning their nets because they would usually fish during the night and then into the early morning, and then they would like probably go home and sleep for a while. 
They haven't caught anything. They're professional fishermen, okay? They know what they're doing, but they haven't caught anything. And Jesus comes, and he is teaching the crowd, and he gets in Peter's boat, and he tells Peter, put out into the, into the lake. Go out into the deep and put down your nets to catch some fish. And Peter says, Master, we've been working hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But, you know, at your word, because you said so, we'll try again. We'll put out our nets. So they throw down their nets, and their nets are so filled with fish that one boat's not big enough. They have to call over the other boat, and both boats are hauling the net in, and they are sinking because the weight of fish is so great. And when Peter sees this, he bows down at Jesus, and he says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. See, in that miracle, Peter realized not only that Jesus was the Messiah, but also that he was holy, that he was the Son of God. And when he realized that he was in the presence of the Son of God, he was struck by his own sinfulness and his own unworthiness. And so he said, depart from me. But that's not what Jesus said to him or to his other disciples. That's what our sins should mean, that we can't be with God. But that's also the most terrible thing. If, if God answered, if we said to God, depart from me, I don't deserve to be in your presence, and he said, okay, that'd be the worst thing. Earlier, tomorrow we were talking about how the most terrible thing about like hell is just being separated from God. That's really what it is. Yeah, I, I asked if death was the worst thing, and yep. he said that. No, yeah, so being in hell is just being separated from God forever, and God is the source of all goodness. And that's what our sins mean, that we're separated from God and that we deserve to be separated from God. But God didn't want that to happen. He didn't want that to continue, neither did Jesus. Jesus didn't say to Peter, okay, I'll depart from you, I'll leave you, and I'll never be around you again. Instead, he said, come follow me. That's what he always said to his disciples, come follow me. You see how that's so different than Peter saying, depart from me. So when Jesus calls his disciples to come and follow him, He's telling them their sins are forgiven. He's telling them they're going to come and see him as the Messiah. He also said to Peter, from now on, you are going to be catching men. You're going to be a fisher of men. Just like you used to throw out your nets to catch fish, now you're going to spread the net of the gospel to teach the word in order to bring people to believe in Jesus. And there was a really important encouragement for Peter and what happened in that story. Remember how he had said, we worked hard all night long. We, we knew what we were doing too. And we didn't catch anything. That had to be like, like distressing, right? Like disappointing. And sometimes it's easy, like when we've been trying to do something and it doesn't seem to be working and we can't seem to get it to work and everything seems to be going against us and we're all kind of distressed. It can be easy to give into that and not to want to try again or to give up hope. But Jesus told him to, to throw out his nets. And Peter just said, well, because you said so, I'll try it again. There's a lot of things where we can remember that. When we're trying to be kind to someone, when we're trying to listen to our parents, or as parents, when we're trying to be patient with our children, or when we're trying to tell somebody about Jesus, and nothing seems to be working right, or we keep screwing it up, it'd be easy to feel like we should just give up. But instead, Jesus says, go out and throw your nets in again. He says, come and be with me, I'll be, and I'll be with you.
That's really what it means to follow Jesus. We get to be with him. And the power of his word will be with us to forgive us, to comfort us, to strengthen us, to help us. So those are some of Jesus' disciples. Uh, there are others as well. There's 12. Well, there were a lot more than 12, but there are 12 apostles that Jesus called. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Nathaniel, who's also called, I think that one's also called Bartholomew, or maybe it's Thaddeus that is also called Bartholomew. There's Thomas. There's another James. There's uh, two Judases. One is the bad Judas. There's Matthew, who's also called Levi. Matthew was a tax collector. He was sitting at his tax collecting booth. Tax collectors were often like dishonest and were like unkind to people. Jesus walked up to his booth and said, come follow me, and he left his booth and followed him. And when Jesus told Peter, Andrew, James, and John to, to come follow him, they left their business and came and followed Jesus. They didn't just like do it now and then, right? Like before. Now they left their whole business and went and followed Jesus all the time because he was going to make them be preachers of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Wait, two now, Jesus doesn't, you know, Jesus doesn't call most of us to follow him in that sense, right? He is not like walking around on the earth right now like he was then. He's with us, but, and he doesn't say, when he says, come follow me to us, he usually doesn't mean leave your job and this will be your new job to follow me. He usually means that we are to leave everything and follow him in everything. So like in our job and with our family, we're to follow him by doing those things. We're to leave behind our old way of life of doing whatever we were doing so like for our ourselves and instead do what he called us to do Dad. for him as his disciples. So like leave our family behind? No, no. Don't See, do that. He, no, what I mean is leave behind our way of life of using our family for ourselves and instead follow Jesus by loving our family the way Jesus teaches us to. And sometimes that might mean, we heard about this in a sermon a few weeks ago, that could sometimes mean that our family will leave us because if somebody in our family didn't like Jesus, they might leave us and that can happen. And Jesus says, come follow me anyway. 